Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. And today I want to talk about some of the less believed mental illnesses. And by less believed, I mean, oftentimes dismissed and minimized by the world. And for example, like anxiety and depression, even OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, or PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. These terms are used all the time in our world without as slang, without actual reference to depression or anxiety. And so it makes it seem so common and so trivial, and it's not. In comparison to disorders such as schizophrenia or borderline personality disorder, it's it's not a comparison ever, right? When when we don't compare someone with a sinus infection and how ill they are compared to somebody with the flu, they're both they're both sick and getting healthy, right? I mean, it's just it's just a fact. They are both dealing with an illness. So this is no different. And I want to give some do's and don'ts for A, those of us living with a mental illness and B, for those of us who have friends and family living with a mental illness. This can be a, a dangerous line to walk when you don't truly understand or um, you, you toss the words around so casually. And I'm not saying you, you, I'm saying you, anyone. <laughs> um, and it's really, really the world that has it backwards and the world that needs to change, not us. So anyone living with something that you feel isn't taken seriously, I want you to know that you are not wrong. You are not in the wrong here. It's the world. And it's, it's the people in positions of power that need to do more to educate this country and, and, and the entire universe. And that's not happening. So people are walking around again, silently dealing with things. And my big thing is that silence is the enemy, no matter what the topic. And Avoiding conversations that could make relationships healthier, better, just have life goes smoothly. And to those of us, that includes me living with any type of illness that I'm talking about, or even ones I'm not mentioning, I just got sidetracked and was thinking about ADD and ADHD. I mean, even those terms you see an active, I don't like the word hyper, but you see an active child. And a lot of times people joke or or say, you know, wish we had some Ritalin. And it's not humorous. It adds to the problem. By observing someone on the outside, that gives us no indication whatsoever about what they're dealing with on the inside. Remember, these are invisible 
illnesses. We, we don't get to walk around, although maybe we can, maybe we should, maybe we will, uh, with signs that say, I have anxiety and I'm having an off day. Please be nice to me. <laughs> but think about if we had that, little name tags. Because I, I know very well that if you tell me you have a headache or you have anxiety or you didn't get a good night's sleep, then I am aware that you're telling me you're a little bit off. And it's almost like, please don't take this personally. I'm not so great right now. And I'm aware of that. And I think that's such important data. So to those of us, as I was saying, those of us living with an illness, not number one, first and foremost, you do not have to defend, justify, explain to anyone, including yourself. The world has it backwards. The world doesn't understand and we are we are making progress every day and we have a long way still to go, but we'll get there. But while we're on that road, don't let your perceptions or misperceptions make you silent. That makes it so much lonelier and so much more intense. It's And it's isolating and there's people who get it. So that's first and foremost. You do not have to defend the second. Well, and part of that, you do not have to defend. You can absolutely have conversations with people who listen when you feel heard, when it's a safe conversation, not with someone attacking. So don't defend. If you feel backed into a corner and you feel the need to defend, let that be like your brain saying, clue, clue, <laughs> pay attention because you don't have to, and you can either change the conversation or not have it. That will be the third tip, but we, we are not obligated to be in any conversation or have any person in our world, if it's not great or healthy or it, you know healthy for us, if it doesn't feel good. So don't defend is number one. The second one is always, always, always remember your breathing. I could be talking about any topic right now. Coming back to our breath is one of the simplest tools and one that we have with us anywhere, anytime. So if you are in a conversation that you do feel attacked and you don't know how to step away or get out of it, go to your breathing, box breathing. I've talked about it. I post all over on social media, but it's inhaling for four counts, inhale, two, three, four. Then you hold the breath for four counts and then you exhale for four counts. And I'm telling you, there are times I can do that for a minute, minute and a half, and, and that's all I need, and I'm completely reset and grounded. And there's times I need to sit and do it for longer, you know, 5, 10, 20 minutes, for as long as it takes. But it's a tool that we have with us, and it always works. It just takes different time frames to work, depending on the situation. And the earlier you go to it as a tool, the quicker it works because you're, you're going to your breathing before a situation gets more intense. So that's my second. And the third I mentioned, you choose who is in your world. I say intentionally choose any and everything you let into your world. Things that do not bring you up, things that, that are not 
feel good, things that are negative and bring you down, you do not. And so that would be like a conversation about defending depression or explaining depression. Think about who, who it is. And, and if it's a conversation you want to have with that person, and if you want that person or even an activity in your life, there are activities that can activate feelings of anxiety or depression. It doesn't have to be people. So you choose, you are in complete control of those things. And there is so much we are not in control of in this world that intentionally choosing what music you listen to, what you have on TV, who you surround yourself with, that matters. And I'm telling you, if you haven't ever thought about it and looked at it, I'm telling you, if you kind of do an inventory of your life and put people and things that lift you up and make you feel good and are positive, high vibration, and then have a list of the others, the negative. I mean, if you look at it like that, there are some that you might say, I, I cannot remove this from my life. Like the drive home from some, the drive home from work when there's tons of traffic, no matter what, right? It's rush hour. You do have control over other things, which way you go, what you listen to on the radio, how you spend your time during that drive. And if we focus on adding to the positive, the things that lift us up and, and removing the negative or setting boundaries, I'm telling you, you will notice the shift in your life immediately. This isn't something you have to do like a 30 day <laughs> experiment um, to see if it works. You will notice things, things happen quickly when you tell the world, I want more of this and less of this, the universe answers. So I hope that helps those of us struggling for friends and loved ones. You are just as important to this conversation. And I want to give you some tips. And the first would be, and again, this goes back to anxiety and depression and even post-traumatic stress disorder terms that are thrown around very casually in the world. So not everyone actually understands what someone with depression or anxiety or post-traumatic stress is living with. It's on the inside. It's invisible. So accept, this is the first one, accept the diagnosis, accept what you're told. I'm telling you, I have anxiety. Accept that even if you don't understand or believe it. Think about that, accept that, even if you don't understand or believe that. This is my world, my reality. I grew up, my dad is a retired doctor. I grew up with tons of doctors around me and, and the scientific minded, uh, you know, it, anxiety is quote in the head. It's not real. I've, I've grown up with it always being dismissed and minimized. If you could just accept that it's true for me. This is my reality. Even if you don't understand or believe it. We can apply this to so many conversations and this is crucial, but I am asking that of you. Accept the, uh, the person dealing with this, accept their reality. And you can still have conversations, which leads me to the second tip. 
please don't attack or ask us to defend or justify. But we do want you to ask questions and listen. We do want to have conversations. We do want you to understand that anxiety for me is not like withdrawing and being quiet and, and the girl, you know, who shrinks away. When I have anxiety, I'm actually more irritable, more distracted. So it looks different for every person. If we line up 10 people with anxiety, you will hear 10 different things. So have conversations, listen, do not attack, just listen. And maybe you'll understand more of what we live with. Maybe you won't, but I guarantee you the conversation will be healthier and so will the relationship. And the third thing is to please label your behavior. I suggest doing this with any and everyone, but when you are living with friends or loved ones who have a mental illness, this is crucial guys. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to explain why we all cope differently, right? There are people who have an argument and want to sit down and resolve it and talk right away. And there are other people who need space before they want to sit down and have that conversation. If you are the person who wants space or the person who needs to walk away for a period of time, for whatever reason, if you have a loved one with depression and you don't tell them that, and you just kind of disappear their imagination, which is all they're left with, it intensifies whatever they're already living with, anxiety or depression or both. By simply saying, I would like some time, uh, you know, and, and folks, I do this with people who, who I'm working with for anger management as well. Like there are really situations where somebody says, I am so pissed off. I don't want to see or talk to you for three days, but they at least give that three day, they give that number. So the person on the receiving end doesn't have to like it. Wishes, you know, of course they would like to sit down now and resolve it, but by respecting that other person's boundary, now that you know what it is, just by sharing that one sentence, three days, the person is not left to guess, analyze, wonder, which intensifies depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress. So I'm, I'm saying that if you're going to be less available because friends are in town visiting and, and you're going to be out and about, you can label that. It might sound ridiculous, but I'm telling you, anxiety is not just worrying and depression is not just being sad. These are clinical levels of how people function and we all function differently in this world. We all perceive a situation our own unique way. So I brought this up because I think it's really important that we communicate and we learn better ways to do it. And we come together to solve these problems. We don't isolate or separate or divide and create an us and them. We can all be having this conversation together, whether we all have a mental illness or not. 
The bottom line is the world has it backwards and these conversations make a difference. And these are steps towards changing the way your world, not the entire world, but your immediate world of people, how you interact with them and how you communicate with them. And I'm telling you, these simple tips make huge amounts of difference. And those of us struggling, again, I'll come back to people who don't adapt or respond well as you're applying these tips. Remember tip number three, you get to choose. You have the power. So thank you all. You know how much you guys mean to me. I appreciate you being here and supporting the show. Please share it with anyone that you think will benefit. And until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.